This is Daily Devotions Best Of with Pastor Tim Dodson from JF Believers Church. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting jfbelievers.com. The Gospel of Mark, Chapter 2. So Matthew apparently walked away from comfort, security, and power. He walked away from it all to follow Jesus, though he did not have a clue where the road would ultimately take him. Why? Why would a man do such a thing? Well, perhaps it was just a simple yet deep desire, however inexplicable, to know Jesus up close. Maybe he wanted to be a part of something that mattered. Maybe he wanted to experience God in more than a religious facade. Verse 15 of our text says, He was reclining at the temple in his house, or excuse me, at the table in his house, and many tax collectors and sinners sat down with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. Now the scribes, verse 16, and the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, Why is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? Well, now please note that here these guys show up once again. And they find Jesus eating with, of all people, sinners. By doing so, Jesus would forever put to rest any super-spiritual, self-righteous legalism that would prohibit his servants from rubbing shoulders with the lost and the worldly. They were, however, not his close confidence. Rather, they were hungry souls in need, and we must make note of that fact. You see, Jesus made a regular habit of going into the streets in an attempt to bring in those who were disenfranchised with their attempts to find satisfaction outside of God. Please notice that the religious usurpers of that day and that scene did not go to Jesus with their complaints. No, they went to the apostles. I think it still works the same way today. Instead of going to the source, these kind of men will go out to the young, the inexperienced, the second string which in this case was the apostles of Christ. Verse 17 says, When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are healthy have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now herein Jesus gives us a profound truth, a crucial ministerial directive, if you will. And in this lies all of our efforts which should be illuminated in the direction the church goes today. For the church today needs to be asked that crucial question. How can we bring the lost to Christ if we shun their company and exclude them from our lives? You see, these that Jesus speaks of, they're not false people. They are not those who confess a faith and live otherwise. These are the seekers. These are the the ones who are found in all of his crowds. Often those who are there, the likes of Matthew or the paralytic. And it is unto this day our task to go find them and bring them to Jesus. However, please note, no uh, action such as this will make us popular among the scribes and the Pharisees. No, but it will make us disciples. Verse 18 says, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and they came and asked him, 
Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples don't fast? Now Jesus said to them, Can the groomsmen fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they can't fast. The days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. Biblical fasting means more than abstinence from food. Scriptural fasting always involves a spiritual application. Now, the purpose of fasting is ultimately about focusing and centering upon the will of the Father. The apostles, you see, they were not spending a lot of time fasting now, and why should they? I mean, they were still physically in the presence of God the Son. It was not time yet to fast. There's a time and a place for each of these things. And Jesus knew that while there was a, well, a time to laugh, there would be coming soon a time to cry, as Scripture says. In that day, there would be a real purpose in their fasting. But th- that day had not yet come. Verse 21. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, or else the patch shrinks and the new tears away from the old and the worse hole is made. No one puts a new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the skins, and the wine pours out and the skins will be destroyed, but they put new wine into fresh wineskins. The unshrunk cloth spoken of here was a picture of one that had not yet been tested and weathered to a point of being useful. This is a picture of the young individual who is too quickly placed in the service and has not yet been matured. Some people will refuse such shrinking of self, quote unquote, and thus Jesus is never magnified in their lives. Their usefulness in the body of Christ is limited to say the least. Wineskins in Jesus' day, they had a tendency as they grew older to become inflexible and even brittle. Many individuals, even those that had been greatly used by God at some point in their life, have become intolerant and inflexible as they grew older. Mankind is, of course, the focus of this story. It speaks of us being both prepared and tested, while being careful to not be inflexible and brittle. The reality of our usefulness, you see, is often determined by our preparation. Verse 23 says, He was going on the Sabbath day through the grain fields, and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Behold, why do they do that which is not lawful on the Sabbath day? And he said to them, Do you never read what David did when he had need and was hungry, he and all those who were with him? How he entered into God's house at the time of Abathar the high priest and and they ate the showbread which is not lawful to eat except for the priests and gave also to those who were with him and he said to them the Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath therefore the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath you know legalism is a blindness that apparently only God can cure seldom do we in our intolerant unyielding state actually ever surrender up our rules and regulations even to our gracious God. Now make no mistake, this comment that I'm making is not encouraging a liberal interpretation of Scripture. It is not leaning towards a lax approach to grace. No, this is in reference to a historical and even a modern pharisaical practice 
one that is going on even in our day, and that is the regulating and false measuring of righteous standing before God by the physical adherence to the law. You see, it was generally the deciding factor of one's spiritual standing on the basis of extra-biblical rules, which were, and frankly are, usually nothing more than denominational additions to the Word of God. Why do we do such things? Well, because our natural nature is to attempt to add to the work of the cross. Our natural nature is an attempt to measure the standing of another person in light of our own personal and often imagined standard. We must realize that the salvation of another is not measurable. We are either saved, absolutely, or lost, absolutely. Salvation is given as a free gift and our standing as a promise of God. What we do does not change such a standing. What we do only reflects where we are standing. That was our daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim or JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.